Welcome to our Wednesday regulars, Asian Fund Management Industry Consultant, Stuart Allcroft. Good morning, Stuart. And good morning to you, Stephen. And Barry Wood, RTHK's International Economics Correspondent in Washington. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Stuart. Morning, Barry. Good to hear you all bright and breezy this morning or this evening. Anyway, I think what's going on at OpenAI is more dramatic than any movie that's been released this year. Is this the biggest example in history of an organisation shooting itself in the foot, Barry? Well, look, I agree with you. This is a very big deal. I think it has the capacity, Stephen, to shake Silicon Valley. After all, these people, the high technologists, they know each other. They work together. They all live within a 50-kilometer radius. And this brings into focus the lack of any kind of corporate governance for unicorns. Those are companies before they've had an initial public offering that gets them into a rule-based exchange. So in other words, there's no public disclosure, there is no financial controls, there's really nothing about the board itself. So this is an ongoing saga that I think really has the capacity to overturn the way business has been done for so many years in this leading technology area of the world. And um, I've never known an organisation to sue the board before. I might be wrong, but do you think they've got any chance of succeeding if indeed Sam Altman does decide to go to Microsoft instead of stay at OpenAI? Well, I do think that's a, a, a fair question that you pose, Stephen. Look, this is not as clear-cut as I think some observers and analysts have made it. This is not a case where an incompetent board simply got rid of a very effective leader. Go back to 2015 when this company was formed, and here's what it said in its opening statement as it went into business. We are a non-profit research company. Our goal is to advance digital intelligence in a way most likely to benefit humanity unconstrained by the need to generate a financial return. This is all about money. Mr. Altman wanted to go in the direction of money being big. They were just took out a lease on a new headquarters that was five times the size of its current headquarters, both in San Francisco City. So we'll see where this goes. I'm not sure that we've heard the last of where Mr. Altman is going to work or if he's going to be working at either one of these companies. Yeah, I think, I, I think more, the interesting oh, on, thing Stuart. here is that um, the latest news is that uh, Sam Altman is now discussing with those board of directors that fired him to be reinstated. But will he be reinstated in his own capacity as Sam Altman, previously the co-founder, or will he be reinstated as a nominee for Microsoft, which owns 49% of the business and doesn't at the moment have a, a representative on that board of directors that uh, took this action? I mean, this is, this is weird. It's getting stranger by the day. Um, and I don't think that we, as Barry has very clearly pointed out, I don't think we've seen the end of this by any means. Um, and, and then when we also have read that something like 95% of the employees of the company have uh, signed a petition for reinstatement of Sam Altman or will leave, will, will, will resign, and all of them are guaranteed a job at the same or even higher salary by Microsoft. Uh, so, I mean, it just, 
it gets weirder every time you look at it. And um, yes, it and, does, Stuart. And, and, and let's not really forget we don't know that where if they go into, but but again, as as um, I think we should, we should also realise, you know, this this is the this is the company that developed ChatGP, and uh, so you could write stories on the back of ChatGP. I bet they could never have written this story on it. <laughs> well, I, I I'm it. looking Look. forward to the book. I tell you that much, Barry. <laughs> Stephen, th- this is this is. Um, You know, one of the board members on Friday when Mr. Altman was fired said that we are a company that is evolving in the direction, quote, of making the equivalent of a technological nuclear bomb. And Sam was moving so fast that he risked global catastrophe. We must remember that artificial intelligence, this machine learning, this deep learning phenomenon is a very new but dangerous technology. So there's a lot here at stake. Yeah, and I, I've and been in talent... don't get fooled, by the way, um, don't get fooled by the terminology being used, uh, that is often being used for this, that it is a non-profit. Um, or even a, even a charitable organization. The employees, the directors, were, were being paid a very large amount of money. That's not where, um, that's not how nonprofits work. The, 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 um, for, for the U.S. side of things, the employees were very generously paid, and um, that's where the profit actually goes. Uh, one of the Absolutely. other things that surprised me is he was sacked for a communication issue. Now, you think that could be sorted out um, in relation to all the value he was bringing to OpenAI, so I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, but uh, but the directors that sacked him were not executive directors. They were all non-executive. They were not directly involved with the company. Um, it, this is a weird situation, which... Um, yeah, we haven't heard the last of it. It'll, it'll, it'll run on for quite a long while. And, and, of course, if Microsoft do take on all the staff and the company, uh, OpenAI, that is, evaporates, well, that probably might be the best result. I'm sure there's going to be a Netflix documentary time, on this. Go on, Barry. Well, you've got a situation where if Microsoft is going to run OpenAI, that is a giant company way up yeah. in Seattle, Washington, that's taking on a startup. The whole culture changes. Yes. And I'm not sure that the dynamism that we associate with this company that has made so much news in the last 12 months will continue. But uh, th- this is this is serious stuff. And these are all 30, 30-ish young kids who really don't have a clear sense of ethics or where they're headed. I think they're motivated, Stuart, by just wanting to make a lot of money, even more than the generous money you already mentioned. Yes, I'm sure you're right. I, uh, I think you're right as well. I used to be the chief HR officer for a startup company on cryptocurrency, and I think you're spot on there, Barry. Um, but do you think if Microsoft tries to acquire OpenAI, the federal uh, competition might get in touch and maybe push back. Why? Why would it bother? I mean, there's nothing to be acquired if, if all the employees <laughs> are willing to walk out the door tomorrow. Um, Microsoft hold, Microsoft holds all the chips here, and I think that uh, they have a very, very strong position. Okay. Well, yes, they do, Stuart. But at the same time, they have a situation in which. 
They have no seat on the board, as you mentioned, and they're talking about offering all these salaries. They may be in violation of some securities law here because this, this, is, this is a very gray area. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you, Barry. But you know, Microsoft is what a three trillion dollar company nowadays. It's absolutely dominant in in the U.S. tech. Um, do you think anyone's going to challenge them in that respect? It's like a Korean well, you're soap probably opera. right. Mm. Yes. Yeah, anyway, I yeah, think we better move on. Right. President Xi is promoting that China is open to global business, but is global business open to China right now, Stuart? Well, yes, um, Xi Jinping has just um, come back from spending a few days in San Francisco talking to businessmen. Um, he did a number of events, plus meeting with Joe Biden and uh, and then the uh, APEC Forum delegates. He, he's on a charm offensive around the world on behalf of China to try to help improve the Chinese economy. Now, we've talked about this on the program before. The Chinese economy is not in a very good state at the moment for a variety of reasons. So Xi Jinping needs to spend a lot more time um, on, on trying to show that it is open and, is, and, and he needs to also improve a lot of the internal communications going on in China that would enable companies in whatever field to be able to set up and, and do business. Now, part of the problem in China is that if you want to go to, in, to set up, there is a lot of bureaucracy. It is very slow, and, and that is probably what is holding back people from doing so. Um, and, of course, recently with the faltering economy, uh, a lot of businesses have uh, begun to start to, to consider, is it really worth the effort? So do you uh, it's an interesting um, call, but uh, so, uh, there's a report in the Financial Times that something like 75% of all investment made into China in the first seven months of this year has since been withdrawn, and, and, and that's through the stock exchanges, of course. Yeah. Well, he, he, I mean, President Xi certainly has um, a, a lot of charm when it comes to this, but what's backing it up? Well... He needs to get his various policy heads to take a bit more action. Um, but at the same time, you know, here we are in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is the catalyst in many instances for a lot of these companies as a way to get into China. And I think that that is the position um, that Hong Kong is trying to foster and, and, is, and is developing it quite well. Um, and I think that uh, we should... We should expect to see a lot more effort being put in by the Hong Kong government in this area as well. Barry? Yeah, I think Stuart said it all. I mean, really, there's got to be some demonstration from the Chinese government that they really do want to encourage foreign direct investment from Europe and North America. So far, we haven't seen that. Okay, let's move on to rising debt in the US, which stokes calls in the Congress for a special fiscal commission. Please, can you tell me how this would work, Barry, and if you think it would have any impact on the debt? Well, first of all, it's not going to happen. Okay. I wish it were to happen, <laughs> yes. but it's not going to. We had this 20 years ago, and it fizzled. And we actually had uh, the, the Graham-Rudman law. We had the uh, Simpson-Bowles 
people, these, these folks went out, former senators, they had high status, and said, we've got to attack the, the problem. We've got to address entitlements. Otherwise, this debt is going to get out of control. Well, it's on the verge of getting out of control. And neither party, Republicans nor Democrats, are willing at this point to do anything about it. I remember, Stephen, there was a head of the Congressional Budget Office. He was running on the, the Washington Mall. He said to me, no. Now, it'll have to be a two-by-four hitting these guys over the head. And by two-by-four, he meant there has to be a crisis or they won't address the debt. So, regrettably, I think that's where we're at. Okay, Stuart, I've got a different question for you, if you don't mind. It's about the Hong Kong taxi drivers who had planned to stage a small-scale strike today. But I guess it could spiral to cause disruption on a longer, larger scale. What do you think their chances are of kicking Uber out of Hong Kong? Well, fortunately, the later news is that the strike has been called off. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the reality of that particular strike is, is just a bit of nonsense, really. Um, yet what are the chances of kicking out Uber? Not very great, I think. Um, uh, yes, I mean, you've, you've got a lot of uh, people um, who are very supportive of the taxi drivers in Hong Kong, but they, they also um, score a lot of own goals. They, they're, not, yes. they're not the highest regarded group of people. Uber is doing a good job, actually, in Hong Kong, and many people are now preferring to use them because they actually turn up. They don't necessarily charge a cheaper price, but they are they are getting people in cleaner taxis to where their destination might be on time, and that's not necessarily the, the best way of going about it. The strike that was supposed to happen yeah. by his taxi drivers was to going to be in a, in a small-scale car park somewhere up in the New Territories, far away, where they probably went for an afternoon's sleep before coming back on duty. <laughs> anyway, that's Asian <laughs> Fund Management Industry Consultant Stuart Oldcroft and Barry Wood, RTHK's International Economic Correspondent. Stay